Dead Candy. Dedicated entertainment for the dead. Spoiler alert, Slash the Paradise encourages viewers to watch these horror films before listening to our show. Danny and Lance will go through everything, including filmmaking, dialogue, characters, and even full scene breakdowns when we get excited. Enjoy the show. I don't want to scare anyone again, but I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason again. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned again. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll say he's still out there. And he's hungry. Hungry for blood. Jason's out there. Watching. Always on the prowl for intruders. Again. Waiting to kill. Again. Devour. Again. Thirsty for young blood. Again. If you haven't gathered it by now, we are doing Friday the 13th. Again. Again. <laughs> Welcome to Slash's Paradise. That's Danny, mm-hmm. and I am Lance. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's, it's the rebirth of this franchise. What well, we were intended, but we're not going to say it. But then we are, and then uh, and I feel fine. Yeah, I feel fine. <laughs> um, it's Friday the Thirteenth. The reboot. The remake. The rebirth. The reimagining. The sequel? The requel? The the next movie? <laughs> the last installment, at least, in the Friday the 13th franchise. For now. We have arrived. Folks, Slashers, welcome back to the Slashers Paradise. And yes, we are here. We have got here. We've got to the end, which is the final installment up to this point like lance just said of the friday the 13th franchise and it is simply titled friday the 13th nothing else and if you've been counting technically it is the 12th installment of the jason friday the 13th franchise so what you're telling me lance is if we were to count them a number has been synonymous with this entire franchise and yet we have stopped one short of making the 13th one yes we have danny my goodness Those gracious legal battles that we have uh talked about a little bit here and there uh, oh boy coming back to haunt us it has and what's funny is we were recording this in 2022 so it's been 13 years since the last since this movie came out i will say that i have seen on different either uh social media sites or what have you about the that there's been more movement uh they did arrive at a definitive at least right now before appeals and all that stuff decision in the legal battle for jason and uh the naming rights i think they are still back to that old uh judgment where 
if it's called Jason, whatever, it's fine to make as, uh, you know, with the hockey mask wearing machete wielding, uh, character however if it is called friday the 13th that is not okay it has to pay royalties to victor miller and i've said this time and time and time again just freaking pay the man just pay the man who cares i mean who cares lance that honestly leads right into a story about this film the 2009 version they did not call this a remake they called it a sequel to Victor Miller, basically saying like, oh, no, it's just kind of somewhat retelling some of the old stories, but goes right in line with all the other Friday the 13th. That way they could pay Victor Miller less money. And then after all the legal battle with that, they ended up marketing this as a remake anyway. I mean, yeah, like it is slimy as hell when you deal with back end shit like that. And it's like, how are we supposed to be fans of the franchise? Because if you're ultimately fans of the franchise, you're fans of the people who create it. So it's like, we know the, the, the players essentially, because horror fans are, you know, they're smart. They, 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 you know, they look at the tabloids and they read the dirt sheets and stuff. So it's like, if this is anybody in like, you know, the Cunninghams or anything like that. Like, that's pretty shitty. Like, stop trying to be slimy. Just just pay the man. That's it. Especially nowadays. We've talked about this recently. Like, nostalgia is paying the bills right now for everyone. So come together. Make this deal happen. Um, sounds like it is happening now that the litigation and the courts have settled on where who owns what. But that's mm. not why we're here today. We are here to talk about this film. Come join us on our next episode and we will talk more about the future of Friday the 13th. Okay. The past of Friday the 13th and our ideas for Friday the 13th. But we're here. 2009. It's the season of the remake. Uh, Halloween's had its remake with Rob Zombie at this point. Um, this year, 2009. So My Bloody Valentine 3D came out the same year. Uh, we've already had Texas Chainsaw Massacre remade a few years prior. So this is the grungy dark remake of all of our classic slashers and jason has finally gotten his danny yeah how do you feel about this film from the producers of the texas chainsaw massacre from 2003 come these this comes this comes this um movie again it just feels like tcm 2003 and it sucks because that's six years removed and it just is the same sort of tricks uh, are being told or are be shown again. You know, you got like uh, all the teens are like they're all kind of dressed the same. They they all kind of look the same. Um, Michael Bay is involved in this as well. So yeah. it's just kind of like there's a lot of familiarity with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003 remake, which I like. But. I like it because at that point, that's the only version of that style that I'm seeing. When I see this, however, I, I'm i like, oh, I've seen this before. It looks like TCM 2003. And I'm like, ah, mm, no me gusta that much. Yeah, I thought the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a giant leap in a different direction from everything else that we had seen with TCM. It was super violent, super gory very dark it was a very different version of leatherface and the texas chainsaw massacre world than we had ever seen not only does this feel like it's a mild leap for friday the 13th but it feels like a mild leap from anything that we had seen at this point um we get a new version of jason which i like 
Yes. I um, like a lot. Right off the bat, it's a it's a definitely new version of Jason. Yes. That I'm okay with. Everything else just feels like leftovers and like mm-hmm. a, uh, let's just bring the whole same crew back from TCM. That worked. And this should work too. We've got a bunch of, uh, we got we to gotta take care of business. For we got to take care, taking care of business. All right, Danny. Uh, we have a, a uh, game that we like to play on Slashers Paradise. It's called Slashword. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell our listeners how that game works. I love Slashword, Lance, because Slashword is the Slashers Paradise version of the popular game Pathword, wherein when you hear the Slashword said throughout the podcast, throughout the show, take a drink of your beverage of choice it could be an alcoholic drink like lance and i are partaking in right now very uh very fun uh but it doesn't have to be but we just ask that you all play along and have fun on a slashers paradise with slash word yes and that's right and every time that we play slash word we have a special guest caller giving the slash word for the night Danny, who is our slash word holder for tonight? Who's calling in? Well, I'll tell you what, Lance. Um, it's funny because when I think of this movie, as a matter of fact, when I think of a lot of Friday the 13th installments, I think of blood. Of course, I think of gore. But most prominently, I think of sex. Sex and nudity and gratuitousness of it all. And actually, this installment plays very much fast and loose with the idea of gratuitous nudity. So all those hormones are going crazy. So I thought it would be fantastic to get Rick, the hormone monster from the (laughs) TV series on Netflix, Big Mouth, to call in with the slash word for today. How appropriate is that? All right, Rick, you are on the line. Give our listeners the slash word of the night. All right. Thank you very much, Rick. I think that was appropriate. Uh, who better to talk about a movie full of hormones, jacked up hormones uh, and uh, their explodingness all over the place than uh, a hormone monster sex 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 is definitely the theme of uh, sex and violence and gore and all that stuff but like boy um when michael bay gets involved with any sort of nudity it is shot in a very specific way a lot of bronze a lot of shininess it's uh it's funny because yeah there is a lot of sex not only in this movie but a lot of michael bay films is like ah the gorgeous girl with her boobs mostly out but there's a rumor that he actually walked out of this movie for how much sex and like gratuitous nudity was in the beginning of this film he actually walked out halfway through you're like, kidding the beginning of rumor 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 well uh danny <clears throat> yeah. give us that pina killada for friday the 13th 2009 if you like pina killadas now listen up I'm going to give you a pina colada for Friday the 13th. I should say 2009 after it because it's like, yeah, yeah I mean, like it's the remake, but it's just called Friday the 13th. Anyway, Friday the 13th, 2009, pina colada. Here it goes. A group of young adults have made their way to Crystal Lake to hang out and explore and vacation and a mysterious figure in the woods has begun to hack them up and kill them one by one 
who is none other than Jason Voorhees. Will they survive? Will they make it out? Is there an underlying reason as to why he's doing all this? We'll find out in this installment, the remake of Friday the 13th, 2009. All right. Thank you very much. And our breakdown for the film is released February 13th. 2009 budget was 19 million dollars box office 92.7 million dollars good lord wow uh directed by marcus nispel uh written by mark swift damon shannon mark wheaton these names might sound familiar because they also wrote freddy versus jason uh michael bay brad fuller and andrew form form yes form it up uh, they produced this film, and that might sound familiar because they're all from a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wow. There's a big crew coming over and doing Jason some 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 justice, I would wow. say. Wow. Uh, starring Jared Pe- Pedalecki. Uh-huh. Juliana. Yeah. Can't read my writing. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Pe- 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 Pedalecki. Okay. From uh, Supernatural. <laughs> yes, from su- Supernatural. Plays, yes, Clay. Yes. Okay. Amanda Rigetti, Derek Mears, who we're going to talk about quite a bit, uh, Danielle Pennebaker, Travis Van Winkle, Aaron Yu, Danny's favorite. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's I'm going to go with now. Yeah, that, There's that, a few more much, down the road, but uh, we'll get to them. Um, all right. So that's the setup we got the breakdown made quite a bit of money obviously we want to see jason in the theater i'll tell you what lance uh it took my money opening weekend uh i was in austin and i watched this movie at um alamo draft house uh it was released i remember around um uh valentine's day yeah, February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because I remember literally making, the day before. Yeah, yeah. I made this a valent. This was a Valentine's date for me. Uh, I totally convinced the person that I went with to, hey, let's make a whole thing about it. Let's go to uh, the movies for Friday Thirteenth. This is a big deal. It's a remake. It's coming back. The trailer definitely hooked me. So I was like, "Oh, let's do it. Let's do it." And and we did. And we went to Alamo Draft House. And it wasn't the the best sort of date night, just because of how uh, ridiculous and and, and uh, in your face some of like the nudity and such was. If you weren't a fan and you were just a casual viewer, would have been like, "Ah, yeah, that's a lot." But yeah, I watched it in the theaters at the Alamo Draft House, which is always so fun because they bring food to you and all that good stuff. So um, yeah. I was there to give them their some of the money for their box office weekend and or, um, you know, total. Yeah, I was there, too. I'm trying to remember exactly where I was and how, how I was. This is, a, this is a fun time because I was also in the theater a month earlier for My Bloody Valentine. I just looked up the date. That was a month prior, which is interesting because... It's very interesting. This is only a day before Valentine's Day, yet that movie came out a month before this. Um, and, uh, Jared Pedlecki's, uh, co-host or co, uh, actor from Supernatural was in this or was in My Bloody Valentine. So yeah, it's just funny. A fun time. It might be the for, same casting director. Just, uh, yeah. All the, all, I mean, you know, a few of these characters, especially Danielle Panabaker, uh, they all kind of like started, you know, latching onto TV series mm-hmm. around that time. Uh, you mentioned uh, Jared Padalecki. Pet- Am I saying that right? Yes. Okay. And so. um, people yeah. are going to 
crush us for this. That's okay. There's a huge. Fan I know base there's for a him. huge supernatural uh, deal, and I I apologize. You know, you could say my last name. You could butcher it if if that helps you. Uh, but Danielle Panabaker is uh you know she's on I believe the Flash, isn't she? Yeah, I think she is because I know that to be true. So there. Um, but yeah, a lot of these characters, sorry, actors do start jumping on to other um, well-known TV series, well-known movies. Aaron Yu was in a bunch of stuff at this time. So like, uh, and of course, Derek Mears, if anybody's in the SoCal LA area, yeah. uh, has probably seen Derek Mears perform all around the uh, comedy clubs and such. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, it's um, when I saw it, I was like, I don't like these kids. I don't like these actors. I don't like them. <laughs> I don't like any of them. I don't. I don't buy it. It. It just like I felt like even at the time I was like, there's something that's not latching on. So like right off the bat, I remember saying to myself, do not like the opening. Hate the dual. Uh, the dual openings. Essentially, you got the cr- opening credits, and then you got a whole scene before you get the title card. And I absolutely effing hate that. Hated that because. I get it. It's a tall order to do what they want to do when they're saying, we do want to remake it. Okay, but you cannot remake it from part three. That doesn't make sense. So they want to they want to show you part one and they want to show you part two just so they can give you all of essentially Jason in a mask as the majority of the movie. Okay. You essentially give us the last part of the original Friday the 13th. In the credits, in the mm-hmm. opening credits, are you out of your fucking mind? What is your problem? You're going to really just minimize Betsy Palmer's iconic Pamela Voorhees' character in in like cut in between the, the cast and the crew? Yeah. Are you serious? Like that is so uncool. I almost want them to actually start from Friday the 13th. You can, you know, you don't have to show the mom. You could just start from him as a as a hockey mask wearing killer. Yeah, why not? You don't have to do all these. You're bullshit. already you already planned to skip ahead. So doing that weird early telling, we don't see the actual uh, title until 24 minutes into this movie because there's such a huge double opening. And I remember being in the theater. And uh, at this time in my life, I was thinking like, oh, I'm a horror movie connoisseur. Oh, yeah. Um, This is a sequel. Immediately, I was like, no, this is a sequel. Because you chopped up that weird opening with the Voorhees mom storyline. Also, you kind of rewrote it because if you notice, the girl that chops off her head is wearing a Camp Crystal Lake t-shirt as if she is a counselor. So it is somewhat of a rewrite, a rebooted version. Yes. Um. I agree. Uh, um, it's funny because after really you see the Camp Crystal Lake shirt and you may see the sign that says Camp Crystal Lake, they always refer to it as Crystal Lake. You know, yeah. even on the poster, it says welcome to Crystal Lake and, and things of that. Like that's their tagline on the poster. The poster's kind of cool. Like it's Jason just standing there in the middle and it's just like Friday 13th. And he's like, you know, uh underscored or whatever the the moon is glowing behind him and just says welcome to crystal lake and i wonder if that was like if the idea of not saying camp if you if there was like a a victor miller sort of thing i don't know i don't know but it was just like maybe that's me just kind of thinking too much into it but i always remember hearing it as camp crystal lake anyway 
Yeah, no, I, I. It's funny because you you mentioned the poster, and I was looking at it before we started the episode, and I was like, "This is kind of a symbol of the movie itself." There's nothing particularly special no. about it. Um, if you have listened to any of our prior episodes, I have said I believe personally that Jason does his best in stylized films. Um, three is one of my absolute favorites. Six, one of my absolute favorites. I kind of like Manhattan because it's so stylized. Uh, Freddy versus Jason kind of stylized in the film, not so much Jason himself. Um, but this, there's no real true style to it other than its grittiness and mm. darkness. But Jason always had a bit of comedy and cheese and fun eighties stuff to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, taking like, all of that away and yeah. making it or like mid two thousands comedy doesn't fit to me. Yeah, there's a lot of like uh bro humor in this thing that like if you i guess aren't of that sort of age which like that should have hit me right in like dead center because i was around the age of you know sort of these people that are in this movie but like uh even the way that everything is shot it's so zoomed in i mean it's, it's the same director so like if you look and watch texas chainsaw 2003 you're gonna think this looks almost eerily, like very eerily similar. It's because it is. They even have like the like the the auxiliary characters that they cast, the people yeah. to just kind of be like you know featuring uh, actors. They all kind of fit a certain mold and stuff, and that's okay. But if Friday the Thirteenth is anything, it is not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No. So uh, I think this may be a nice fit which is why i like the remake for texas chainsaw so much yeah it does not fit a friday the 13th that being said not only did they try to cram in the original plot of the the, the first movie friday the 13th the original 1980 but they tried to like fit in oh let's just you know throw in the uh the burlap sack jason in there as well and he you know essentially kills our first set of campers uh young adults who are just out in the woods first um but there is something kind of cool though very oh, cool. yeah um the trailer for this one and the trailer for friday freddy versus jason definitely hooked me mm -hmm. and the one part of the trailer that hooked me the most is uh burlap sack jason kind of jolting turning to look at a would-be victim and just charging at them and like kind of winding up and is about to do an amazing slash with the machete just over the head yeah. and it is it cuts before he obviously he makes contact but i was like oh jason's running yeah He's sprinting. He's closing the distance quickly. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. This is a different Jason. This uh -huh. is a very different Jason. What I remember about the trailer, too, is they did those like black um, scene cuts to actually slow it down a little bit. So it felt epic. But then when you actually watch it in the movie, it's even more aggressive because oh, yeah. they don't do any sort of cut in between him running and doing this overhand machete to the girl. But yeah, you you know right away going into the movie, you're getting like survival man, mountain man, Jason. <laughs> Got to bring mountain man back into you the conversation. Do. You do. But right off the bat, we have a resourceful yet violent, vicious. Everything points to him being smarter mm -hmm. and the filmmakers would admit that that's true. They're like, we're not going to do this uh, simple minded uh, brain of a mind of a child, Jason anymore. This is a 
a hunter who's living off the woods, who is cunning, who is smart, who lays traps. And we see that in the first, or in the, sorry, the second cold opening where that first group of young kids or young adults, rather, uh, one of them is trying to run back because Jason has started to kill off, uh, kill them off. They're, I hate this plot point, but I'm going to mention it. They're trying to find a, well, some of them of this group are trying to find a <laughs> weed farm or just like a, a random like a yeah. patch of of weed that's been growing in the woods so that they can, you know, uh, harvest it, which is so funny looking at it during modern times. I was like, you know, like, oh, we're going to make so much money. We're going to be so rich. And I'm now I'm thinking I'm like, uh, right. But for I mean? the like, time, it was relevant. So right. like, oh, like they're going to go find the secret stash of weed and sell it because it costs them nothing to make and yeah. whatever. Uh, but so that's essentially some of their motivation. So they're, they've been trying to find it. And then Jason then finds them. And I guess if you think about the old motivations, the kids are starting to have sex. So he's maybe motivated to kill them after that. But it doesn't feel that way. It feels almost like he feels like a like predator almost. He's like picking them off one by one very aggressively. Yeah. Um, but what I will say about his cunning is that there is a moment where he gets one of the girls, puts her in her sleeping bag, closes her up in it, ties the sleeping bag to a rope, and then like strones it, strewns it up around a branch, hangs her above the campfire, and is just dangling her there to be burned so that her boyfriend could come running out, try to save her, and when he does that, he gets caught in a bear trap and we all know folks that we've been waiting for it and here it is the connection between friday the 13th 2009 and leprechaun it's oh right my there god how do you do this i just do it because well you got caught in the bear trap look at you yeah, like a little sap right when he gets nathan oh. caught in the bear trap and this guy gets caught in a bear trap it's all connected the leprechaun did it first and probably did it better, but there you are. Please help me, listeners. I don't want to <laughs> talk about leprechaun until next March. Leprechaun laid the bear trap. Jason laid the bear trap. Leprechaun's very smart. The leprechaun's very smart. The the burning body sleeping bag trick kill uh, seems like such a statement because mm -hmm. Friday the 13th, as we've talked about, has been butchered throughout the entire franchise for violence and gore and everything else. So that particular kill right up front made me think like it was a big fat, like, Hey fans, remember how everything got cut out of these films? Well, now we can actually explore that because it's 2009 mm -hmm. and we've seen way worse by now. And you all are desensitized and nobody cares anymore. So boom, burning, burning sleep bag that, but if, if they made it that one, they made that moment at least feel so like, helpless you know yeah. what I mean? like I mean, she's burning in there she's roasting and i remember like the shot it's of her upside down and just like imagine the feeling that you would you know essentially feel when if you were hung upside down above a campfire and you were just like blazing roasting and screaming and then think about yourself in that moment but also think about the boyfriend who's like trying to rescue her and when he gets caught in the bear trap no joke folks his like they show his leg gets pretty much Oof. chopped up Mangled. to where it's almost all bone. It's so disgusting. But um, that I'll scene and the way you kind of described it also reminds me of uh, the remake again during this time, 2006, the Hills have eyes 
uh, when the dad is burning up on the stake. Like I remember watching that in the theater and being in absolute shock because of the torment and the torture. Mm-hmm. And this was a similar feeling of, oh my God, like this is, this is torture watching your friend burn. You can't do anything. You know, I hate that. Uh, but right off the bat, I mean, like even if you go on IMDb, you look at the cast and their profile pictures, their headshots, the, the person playing Jason Voorhees now is named Derek Mears. His headshot is just, he's staring down the barrel. He's got his <laughs> head down. He's, he's not making a nice face. I think he even has like blood or, or he's sipping out of like a twisty straw. So it's yeah. kind of funny, but it's, uh, he's like, he's got evil intent behind his eyes. The dude is massive. You know, he's huge. He's got a, like, he's, uh, he's stocky. He was a, been a, a great Jason. Um, I think it would have been a great Jason in Freddy versus Jason. As a matter of fact, you know, yeah. like they made him a little bit more lean and, and upper body strong, but he also has a little bit of Hills have eyes things going on. He's got like a hunch mm-hmm. and things of that nature. But um, yeah, one thing that they do not miss an opportunity to do is remind you that Jason is deformed. <laughs> uh, yes. The deformed eyes on the right side again. Okay. So thank God. And, Remember I talked about those two stupid cold openings? Yeah. The first one after the Mrs. Voorhees gets her head chopped off. And it's the rumor that some say that Jason saw her get her head chopped off. He saw it all happen. Then he had just had to live off the woods. Well, they don't rumor it now. They show you that once Mrs. Voorhees' head gets chopped off, there goes little baby big fucking head Jason down the <laughs> rainy path to go collect his mom's head. And he's like, suit like the, the, they make the kid super deformed. And I hate it because he's like, he looks so innocent. Cause he's like a little baby, but like his head, it's like obviously a prosthetic fake head. Yeah. It's just bulbous. <laughs> it's just, yeah, just bulbous. He looks like Bulbasaur. So, uh, when you see him there and then when you see him later, uh, eventually of course he has to be in the burlap sack for a little bit longer because, it's if nothing else, if they're going to show you burlap sack, they got to show you when he gets his mask. Oh, man. Yeah. So uh, what we see in the movie, Lance, actually isn't uh, what they had originally shot. What did they originally shoot? So did Shelly come back? Oh, I wish he, would, he came back to like surf p- uh, papers because he's a lawyer. <laughs> um, and here's your mask. <laughs> so uh, originally the uh, guy who is. Um, OK, so. Subplot, real quick. Let's get to it. Clay Miller is looking for his sister, Whitney. Which is very familiar from this franchise. Someone looking for their sister? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, Rod, Rob, looking for his sister. Yes. Um, But Clay is looking for his sister, Whitney, who was presumed to be killed in the second cold opening, right? Okay. So Clay is basically going around town. And this is, I think, what did they say? Six weeks or two weeks later? I think it's two it's two or six. It's one. It's in between or one of those. Yeah. Uh, from this, essentially when Burlap Sack Jason killed the the first group of kids, and now this central group who are going to this cabin that's got they've got all the demographics uh, or the uh, cliches checked off. They've got a stoner. They've got uh, a promiscuous girl. They've got a douchebag of a guy. They're they're checking off all the boxes. Just these like basically cannon fodder. But we can't say uh, Kane hotter fodder anymore. Uh, he's not there. But 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 yeah. Uh, 
Clay is going around the town of Crystal Lake to to look for his sister hanging up these missing uh, signs, and he finds himself uh, essentially, eventually talking to what's like this like backwoods dude who's working at a wood chipper. Wood chipper, very important, might come up later. Meet the wood chipper. I always wish I had a wood chipper at the ranch. We didn't have one of those. That sounds so dangerous. Did you ever see Fargo? I did. Oh, God. Okay. Yes. But I was like, we didn't, I guess we didn't need one, Lance, because any excess wood, we would just like shave, you know, shave off the like branches and like make, you know, firewood from it uh, because mesquite was everywhere. So like, I've never saw the point of putting things through a wood chipper. We need that. We need yeah, that wood. That's good wood. wood. Don't chip it. Don't chip it. Okay. Anyway, so Clay goes and looks, is looking everywhere and goes by this we'll just call him hillbilly who is uh in the wood chipper <laughs> he's a backwoods country boy who's got like a few screws loose he's obviously you know off um are we still I, in new jersey at this point because i don't know right isn't. well no 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 there can be some of that in new jersey you know they got the jersey devil and 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 oh you're you know, right there is the backwoods of, of jersey yeah okay okay back you know bleeding Continue west on. virginia ish i don't know i don't know the map uh <laughs> that's a little distant but West Virginia is not next to East Virginia. Oh boy. <laughs> oh. Uh, so Clay's looking. It says, Have you seen my sister? No, I haven't seen her. So we're introduced to this guy who is then like, Hey, I found a bunch of weed. Do you want to do you want to buy some? Fuck your shit up, boy. Oh, actually, he has one of the best lines, in my opinion. Uh, right when Clay comes up, you know, up behind him and tries to get his attention he's putting shit this, this other dude at the hillbilly's putting stuff through the wood chipper and he scares him he's like oh man shit scares shit out of me or whatever he says yeah he's, but he goes you came that close to hitting the star button on the whoop ass machine boy and i'm like if you ever have find yourself in a situation to articulate that whole <laughs> diss like you're there right yeah. but anyway that's the guy who has a bunch of stuff that he's collecting. He's in the barn. He's got stuff upstairs. He's got all this. So the original scene back to the, the reason I'm talking about all this, the original scene of when Jason gets his mask, uh, this hillbilly has been saying that someone's been stealing kerosene and it's Jason. He's stealing kerosene because he's very woodsy, right? He's yeah. a, he's a boy scout. He's an Eagle scout. So when he's, Coming down from, this is Jason, coming down from the top of the barn with the kerosene, this dude sees him, but he's he's wearing the hockey mask. The kid, mm. is, the, the kid is wearing, the guy is wearing the hockey mask, and Jason's just like, hmm, come here, I got to talk to you. <laughs> the guy's like, oh, man, I don't, I don't know, what are you doing? You don't, I don't want to, and Jason just grabs him by the head, if you can imagine, with his left hand, pulls the machete out with his right hand, so he's holding the top of his head, chops off the head, but keeps the mask the head drops and jason just puts it on and they thought "Eh, it doesn't make it grand for him getting the mask yeah they did they thought it was just kind of like novelty and just kind of like compared to what we got yes oh okay so the way we get it is mr woodchipper goes up in the attic because he hears something he Uh thinks someone's up there so he goes to defend his territory basically uh fills up one of his own mannequins yes he has mannequins and he's filling them up and then jason comes uh what are we calling rag rag doll uh 
Burlap. Burlap sack. Burlap sack, Jason. Yeah. Which, okay, by the way, the burlap sack, if you have not seen the movie, is pulled back and it looks way cooler. Oh, it looks now. so it, much cooler. It's all sleek and a handsome burlap sack yeah. or wrap or whatever you want. It Jason, looks almost like Dark Man or... or- Oh yeah, yeah. Like that's band- a good like, call. Yeah, like he's bandaged up or something. Yeah, like that. it's, it's it's way tiger. more sleek and pulled back. It's it's a little more like uh, you like the movie, um, the town that dreaded sundown. A little, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. little in between, as so. opposed to the original Friday Thirteenth Part Two, where it's just like a pillowcase, it's a sack over yeah. his head mm-hmm. and an eye cut out. Right, and it's a little ridiculous when you do look back at it sometimes, but um, yeah. So he kills Mister Woodchipper. <laughs> yeah, and like. The way that the mask is revealed, so the wood chipper like pulls his mask off. So Jason looks at his own burlap wrap sack, whatever you want, goes, hmm, what's that behind that other sheet? Ooh, I know. Let me pull it back. And then there's this great reveal of the hockey mask with like the perfect amount of sunlight coming yes. through an attic for God knows what reason. He- Shines on the mask. He pulls out this mask, which we don't know how he even saw it. I mean, realistically, when you're watching, you see from the angle of Jason, you don't see anything. He's like, ooh, a mask. Puts it on, checks himself out in the mirror, <laughs> which is he great. He does. He really does. And like does a head tilt for himself. Like, mm, yes, angles. Yes. Vogue. Uh-huh. Okay. This is my new look. <laughs> I, yes. And maybe... This was the better of two evils. Honestly, I think him getting it from the wood chipper was fine. I mean, like he got it from Shelly to begin with, but they never saw like the transfer. You just saw that Shelly was wearing it at one time and then Jason was wearing it. So it's like it didn't have to be this like grand handoff. But I will say for our wood chipper in the one you see in the 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 scene you see in the movie. He's fighting off Jason and he takes he takes a swipe at him and does take his mask, his burlap sack off his face. Yeah. And Jason oh. is just standing there all messed up. And our wood chipper says one of the best lines, continuing the trend of someone being thrown off for, for from the mere sight of what Jason looks like. We saw it in part three where the biker's like, well, shit, you know? And uh, <laughs> we saw it in Manhattan when he takes the mask off and shows the uh, thugs in the streets of uh, Times Square and it scares them off. And we also see it here where the wood chipper says, what the fuck? Shit ain't fucking right, dude. I mean... <laughs> What a perfect sort of moment because it's like if anybody's looking for that, they will remember that that is an aspect of it. That is an aspect of Jason's being messed up. And boy, did these filmmakers not miss an app, an opportunity to show you glimpses of how horrible looking they made Jason. Yeah, uh, it, it is pretty creepy because it's not totally clear, but you can see enough of him where you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, okay, he is. And then when once he puts a mask on, his neck is fucking huge. Dude. And, like, that, it's bigger than his head. And I think that was prosthetic or it was like a cowl, a silicone cowl or something because uh, Derek Mears does not look that big necked as Jason does in this film. I mean, that would be what he would look like if uh, Lance was playing him only. Because Lance has got the killer traps. <laughs> okay. It's not traps, though. It's the neck. Well, you know, but, the you, fattest you, neck no, I've ever seen. It's all connected, you know? But, like, yes, he is. he looks like Kurt Angle. How's he, that? He is all neck. He's all neck. He's like 
uh, Kurt Angle before he broke the neck, and then you know after he got treatment. Okay. This dude, I. <laughs> but you know what? If it is a prosthetic or cowl, I'm glad it was flesh colored. Yeah. And not black or gray anymore. Well, yeah, because this is, I guess, a remake kind of. So it's the new telling. So he is still human form, Jason. And it would make sense for him to be flesh colored. He's got a little bit of hair, which we're not fans I of. I hate it. I've always hated the hair. If I haven't said it in the previous installments, well, let me catch up now. I never like the hair on Jason. I absolutely hate it. It just looks, it looks too Hills Have Eyes for me, man. Yeah, I don't, I think I get the idea of it, of like once he's in the crypt kind of thing, when he's resurrected out of six, like you do continue to grow your hair and nails in the coffins, you know, but it's just just let him go bald or whatever like that just makes more sense to me or it looks better it's more sleek yeah but also if you're jason do that for yourself you've obviously been checking yourself out in the mirror just like hook yourself up man line yourself up get yourself some waves or whatever of course, you know at this point the way he looks like what's the point true <laughs> you know? true but what they do in this film uh that's different from the others and the others he had a basically a wonky eye a closed eye uh, a droopy eye socket in this one the eye socket's open but it's fish eye yeah it's like gooey cloudy fish eye and um very gross and then he also has like teeth that go up to the right of his face he almost looks like a piranha it's like or or uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Seven, where he's like chewing oh, his right. jaws exposed. There's, a, you know, so there's some of that. But mm. I will say, though, overall, it felt too much. Why? The whole movie. The whole movie felt too much like, let's give him a reason. Let's give this a reason. Let's give it all a reason for the madness. And I, as you know have never really needed that i honestly don't i just would be fine if it was like they are as bewildered as the rest of us why is he killing he just is how's that how's that you know but also his wardrobe there was a nice there's like a a a clean shot of jason when he is like uh, looking for um uh, Jenna and Clay, they're they're hiding from him at the you know abandoned camp Crystal Lake essentially. But there's a bunch of like pristine canoes for have been abandoned for so long. Yeah. And he like uh, I will give Derek Mears a lot of credit. He brought a lot of the viciousness that Kane Hodder brought to uh, a lot of his portrayals mm-hmm. to his Jason Voorhees uh, interpretation. But uh, when he's looking for them and he's you know throwing these. Um, these uh, canoes and stuff around it the camera pretty much zooms out and you see this like shot of him and he's wearing like a long almost trench coat yeah it's it's so I almost want him to have his utility belt back. <laughs> the jacket goes almost down to his knees, so it's not quite a trench coat. It looks like a it's a like trench a, coat. A hunting tactical jacket, all torn up though. Like it, okay, it kind of well, all the sleekness and the sexiness of Jason's kind of gone away with this huge jacket on him. Yeah, I mean, uh, also, but but he has bulging pecs. Yeah, like me. Um, why are you laughing? I'm not laughing. I saw you. No, I saw you snap a look, hoping that I was laughing. But so you're you, already smiling. No, because you, I, because you snapped your face at me and I oh, smiled. That's okay. Fine. Smile. I'm not oh, laughing. All right. I don't have. I have. I have pecs. I have them. They're there. 
but they're <laughs> they're not to the point where it's making his whole shirt pull off of his neck. I mean, this dude is like, but yeah, it has to be a cowl. Yeah, there's. I mean, like Derek Mears is a fit guy, but it has to be a cow. I've also seen a photo. It is a cow. Oh. I've seen him without the mask and just the cow with all the hair, the baby hair. Holy um, cow! Um, <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> uh, like you said, everything has to be explained. I think this is the Rob Zombie remake of Halloween version of everything needs to be explained. Well, that did pretty well. So let's explain it for Jason. And how does he get from point A to point B in the camp? Well, there's underground tunnels. What? That he lives in and takes his captives. Now he has down there and his bodies. And not only that, but he's rigged bells and whistles and trip wires for people. So he knows where they are. So he can run to that spot and find them. Booty traps. (laughs) that's what i said booby traps (laughs) jason's data from the goonies just rigging booby traps all over camp crystal lake which like honestly like i get it he's like oh maybe he's still self-conscious he's like nah i can't be out there you know just walking around so i gotta sleek into the shadows and kind of like uh use this underground system which i'm like is that necessary? Is any of that necessary? Absolutely not. It almost feels like we're going to add something to for the sake of adding something. We've also already discovered his shack and shanty. And so we know that he has a like home. So now we have to also do this underground. Why is there an underground thing at this camp? I just don't understand it. Why would you build a camp on top of it? No, it, it makes no sense. But also what makes no sense is like there is a... So he... He is, spoiler, obviously, this whole thing is, he's holding Whitney from the second cold opening hostage or captive, captive is probably the better word, underground in his lair because there was this moment in the first cold opening. I hate, you see, this is why this is stupid. This is why this whole shit is stupid because I'm having to refer to it that way. There was a moment where we saw that Mrs. Voorhees had to lock it with her uh, I believe as a young woman and, and on one side and Jason as a boy on the other. Right. And when he saw his mother be beheaded, he not only went and collected her head, but he also collected the locket. So when he sees Whitney in the second cold opening, as he's an adult, he spares her because she resembles his mother. Oh, Oh, is her name Martha? <laughs> Why did you say that name? <laughs> it is ridiculous. What a plot device. If that is not ridiculous enough, Lance, at one point, Jason has killed someone, taken their body downstairs. We're seeing Whitney being chained up, just kind of like wondering what's going on. And Jason then dumps the body on one side of his lair, goes over to, it's one of those like miters, whatever those, uh, those things that, uh, the wood turn or the stone turn. Yeah. The, yeah. The stone wheel that that yeah sharpens, he's going to sharpen his machete. And (laughs) then there's a flashback as Uh, if it's him having it. Hey, remember, remember the locket? Do you remember the locket from the opening? But you, you. You want us to believe that this is Jason having the flashback so that you can remind us about the locket and the machete? Oh, my God. Fine. In having that flashback, though, 
he like loses his shit and then charges at Whitney. She, you know, grabs. She's wearing the locket. He like put it on her so that I guess like it's, it's like his like uh, safe word or whatever. If ever he like gets too riled up, he looks at the locket and he sees, oh yes, you, you look like my mother. All I will right. leave you alone and uh, leaves. I will let you go because your mom. And she's like, it's okay. The one thing that I, I I'm gonna say is he throws a fit, and that is much more of a Leatherface thing than it has ever been a Jason thing. Right. He's throwing a fit and pissed off. Leatherface do, does that. Do we just forget to do that in the remake? So we're going to do it for Jason. Like we're mixing up the characters at this point. You're getting away from the character of Jason. I almost half expected him to put his hands in his head and start going. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, that looks like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre Leatherface scene more than a Friday the 13th Jason scene. But needless to say, folks, uh, this is the Slash's Paradise. We are not, you know, super hard on uh, the movies that make a valiant attempt at, uh, you know, creating <laughs> uh, some good, you know, a, a good flick. So while this is not our, at least my favorite uh, installment, because I think that they got kind of misguided with what they were trying to do with this whole remake and trying to jumble too much into the opening credits, I think there are some nice things uh some good moments in the flick okay what i'm gonna rewind back to is my theater experience ah and the one thing that this movie is a lot about that we have not really talked about yet the sex uh there's a character named trent in this played by travis van winkle uh, that might sound familiar if you've ever seen the Transformers movie because he was in that and he also played a character named Trent. Who produced that movie? Michael fucking Bay. According to Michael Bay, this is the exact same character Trent meets his demise because everyone hated him in Transformers. So You're serious? Yes, uh, according to Michael Bay. But you can't do that. There is a sex scene in this movie. And the reason I bring it up, I'm not usually the one to bring these scenes up. Who is? But... Charles or Loomis. <laughs> yes, our dogs are with us on these episodes. There's a scene in the, the sex scene, and I bring it up because I remember being in the theater, is the most outrageous, mm. uh, gratuitous sounding sex scene I have ever heard, seen been a part of partaken in you were viewed. in there <laughs> uh well i mean partaked in viewing yes uh, yes i just it, it's a weird sex scene it goes way too long it reminds me a lot of friday friday five at this point mm. but just the sound of the sex scene is what like it was just like what are we doing what movie are we watching right now what in the hell is going on we've seen boobs across the scene quite often for no reason at all uh we even saw a girl in jet skis uh-huh. uh topless yeah i don't know if women do that well i haven't been jet skiing i haven't been uh uh not jet ski jet skiing but like a water skiing i haven't done any of that ever um but what i have uh, done is be on a lake while it's happening and I never saw any topless women No, not doing it. It just seems gratuitous for gratuitous sake. It seems gratuitous it seems uh, ridiculous. It seems fortuitous though if you were uh, having a cool moment in your life. I believe I was <laughs> cool times. Cool times. Cool if, you times. Were, if you were going through cool times I was definitely past our cool, uh, my cool times at Same. this point yeah. uh, 
But I will say, folks, that yes, I can wholeheartedly co-sign what Lance is saying. Um, it's funky. It's funky in the sense that if you go in wanting to watch that, then it's okay. If you want to, if you want that on your screen, because let's just be honest, you know, it's like sex on film, sex on, you know, in a movie and stuff has its place. However, uh, while this is a staple, uh, at least the nudity part is a staple of the Friday the 13th franchise, this seemed like overkill. It's like, stop, he's dead already, sort of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. they have beat the dead horse over and over again. It's like, okay, we get it. It's a sex scene. It's just like, that was a lot. And it, and it also sucked because I'm watching it and I'm like, ah, uh, why the hell is this asshole the one having like this like amazing bomb ass long sex like yeah. i mean as far as the movie goes you know it's yeah. like it's presumed that it happened for a while but uh you're right though it's it's a little hard to watch um yeah it, it's oh, it's hard I, to watch it's, it's definitely hard to watch in a crowded i'll say in a crowded theater especially in the when i chose to watch it was in an alamo draft house so you have like people like ordering food i swear to god there was a waiter that came through was like can i get you guys anything else and someone next to me was like yeah let me get the order of cheese sticks and it was like wop wop bop, 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 bop. and i'm all like oh oh yes oh god it was a very moist sound coming out moist. of the, the uh, soundtrack moist uh, moist so many people have just turned off the the radio for us because the word moist. The radio. I uh, I don't connect with a lot of these characters. It feels like tropes, uh, new age tropes of oh. characters. I just I don't connect to any of them, so I don't care when they're killed. I do. Th I will say that Jason is pretty creative in his kills in this film. It was cool to see. Some classics. It was cool to see an arrow shot by Jason. Yeah, that what a fun. Amazing marksman. Yeah. Uh, they definitely said that he is a hunter, so he's going to definitely have that in his repertoire to be able to shoot an arrow with velocity, with precision, at a head that is driving a, a speedboat. Yeah. And driving it like, I, I mean, yeah, he's pretty much going in a straight line, but I don't give a shit. That is impressive. And drills that dude. So I when that dude, when that dude gets the arrow through the head, his reaction is like, I, I think that it, I think it's Nolan, right? I think he's that that should happen, right? If you get an arrow through the head, you have like one more moment of like reaction until you're, you're gone. I was just going to say the brain injury is like, you could have lived through that technically if it was one millimeter to the left or right. So yeah, you do have this, like I'm still alive. Something's wrong, you know, and you slowly shut it down kind of a thing. But yeah, it was pretty good acting on that part yeah. of, I've always ugh. like, and it's a cringe moment because yes. we don't get that in most of the Friday the 13th franchise, like dead hack, hack, hack blood. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit of a slow burn because he is driving the boat. And when he gets the arrow through his head, uh, the, um, Chelsea, who is on the jet skis, I'm sorry, the water skis has uh, wiped out. So she's waiting for him to circle back and pick her up. And he is made, he has made the circle and he's like on his way to her. And that's when Jason, you know, pretty much bow and arrows, arrows him through the head. And, but he's still going and the boat is coming straight to Chelsea. And 
I've kind of been there a little bit. Uh, I remember being in a lake where uh, we had just jumped off a pontoon and the pontoon was circling back. And I remember thinking, well, they remember, I remember them saying that, like, don't go under the boat. Like, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty intense because the boat just like straight up hits her in the head. And she has like this, like, I love what they did with the sound because it's like that. Like mm -hmm. after you get blunt force trauma. Yeah. So the ringing uh, in the ears. Yeah. That, that part I? is, that part is really cool. But can I just jump back into what you said about not connecting to any of these characters? Yes, please. There is one character that I absolutely 100% have to say that I, I reject that this character <laughs> is real in any form or fashion it is the Chewy character played by Aaron Yu. I wholeheartedly, vehemently reject that this person is a real character. Okay? I refuse to accept how clumsy this dude is. Okay? I, if I haven't said it, if you haven't heard, I'm going to say it one more time. I reject him as a real person. He is too clumsy. He is too... Esmas, how's this? If he is a real person, he's not their friend. He is not being invited to this place. He's not hanging out with these people if he's this much of a clumsy asshole, okay? I'm sorry. He's clumsy when he's sober. He's clumsy when he's high. He's clumsy when he's drunk. And then his whole, like, inner monologue or, like, you know, he's, like, at one point in a shed and he's just kind of, like, fucking around because he broke a chair and he's supposed to go over there and, like, you know, get tools to fix it. He's just breaking everything yeah breaking everything i hate this character i 100 was so happy when he died it should have been worse um <laughs> but not only him i don't think that the lawrence character is rooted in reality i think a lot of them kind of missed the mark there's a one point where lawrence is like you know that's it's chewy's and yes that's his fucking name chewy, chewy. is uh that's his, his partner in crime when they are like you know they're smoking together they're drinking together at one point chewy goes to the shed to go get tools. He will come back. Trent and um what's her name? Uh Trent and Bree go upstairs to have that incredible long sex. <laughs> and Lawrence just is like, oh yeah, the coast is clear. Let me just jerk off here in the living room. No! <laughs> no! That's not real. You don't just say, hey, on the first day of our vacation, <laughs> when I have a minute to myself, I'm going to jerk off in the center of the most common space. Is this a nod to Teddy? This particular scene? Is this a nod to <laughs> Teddy watching the old 20s porn? Okay. <laughs> if it is, then that's I what it made, That's what it made me think of. If it is, then maybe. But at least Teddy Bear didn't whip it out. He's actually watching porn. Lawrence pulls out a swim, no, a winter catalog <laughs> and tries to use that. I'm sorry, dude. It just like, that is so unrealistic. The sex is also unrealistic because um, this girl, <laughs> Bree, is, uh, uh, 
folk parents and everyone i'm sorry i apologize for being as you know graphic as i'm about to be but she is you know basically trying to enter the rodeo at this point uh and trent is not doing anything he's in, holding on for dear life in, that but he's not doing anything lance in my experience in my in my <laughs> what i think would be the appropriate things to say during sex what are some of the uh descriptors he's using when he's trying to compliment Bree's body. I'm not, I'm not going there. Just we're, say we're, what he we're says. Getting very deep. Just say this. what he says nope. and we'll jump out of the water. No. Nope. What he said. I'm not saying it. Okay. I'll say what he says. Of course he will. says to her body. You're are stupendous. <clears throat> Your tits are stupendous. Lance, they're stupendous. <laughs> We have derailed <laughs> in Slash's Paradise. Uh, that's, well, I mean, okay. With everything going on at the exact same time, this is a very sexual, sex-oriented mm, five minutes, ten minutes of time going by. All that is fine. It is fine if you want to do jump cuts from this idiot in the shed, this <laughs> moron in the living room, uh, Clay and Jenna trying to come back and like, because they've seen Jason and try to warn everybody and cut back to the, st to the sex. All that's fine. You don't get to describe someone during sex as stupendous. <laughs> Why not? What? All right, maybe I should just uh, walk away from this one. <laughs> Stupendous is something that like blue bloods say after they hit like a chip shot on the golf course. I, I remember a time in my life where everyone was saying big, ridiculous words for no reason. So maybe that was part of the culture oh. at the time. So let's just. All right. And it doesn't translate, right? Because now we're talking about in 2022. We're like, why would he they says say she's stupend stupendous? Stupendous. <laughs> It's uh, Trent. It's Trent from Transformers. What do you expect? Is and it's it, also it, WrestleMania, he the looks, most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. That was their descriptor. So, like, that makes more sense than, you know, what you would say during sex. That's all. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> if anyone is still with us, uh, I, is there much more that we can really get into? I mean, like I said, yes! the kills are great. The axe kill is really cool. It comes out of your favorite character's shed. Uh, <laughs> I really dug that. This is when like the reveal comes of Jason to everyone, which is actually a terrifying scene because he starts like running towards the cabin where mm -hmm. everyone is in now, which is a really fun, dark, scary moment. Imagine that. I, I don't know if you stayed up in the cabin. I mean, I'm sure like on the ranch, there's nobody around. Imagine the masked killer. Like you just saw them kill your friend 50 yards away. Another running after you. <laughs> no, I mean, like I, I think this is one of the most uh, interesting parts of the whole movie where they make a choice to show that Jason is uh, that he's going to double down on his um, on his wits on, on how smart he is. He's using one of their friends who he has wounded to try and goad them out so he can kill them. Uh, that part is actually pretty terrifying. Uh, it just shows like, wow, this dude is already vicious and terrifying. It kind of reminds me of Brock Lesnar, if I'm going to bring that up again, because think of this. This dude is already agile. He's already humongous. But if you also make him smarter than you, you have no chance uh, but what should be mentioned from that scene <laughs> is that after Jason has thrown an axe 
at Lawrence, who's running away as if he is at a bar for axe throwing. Like he gets full form and that thing just goes and nails Lawrence, right? Destroys him. He kills him. And then two seconds later is just on the roof. Yeah. Chilling, looking down. (laughs) He teleports. Oh, God. That doesn't ha- the, the tunnels didn't allow him to do that. Okay, well, I mean, you played the video game, right? So he just hit the fast forward button and he's on the roof. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Jason's on the roof. It just uh I think it's because they were like, "Hey, we want to do some uh, cool stocking scenes up here upstairs." Pretty much. Let's put Jason on the roof so that he could get inside the cabin, which is him probably like, "Oh, y'all locked the doors. Oops. I guess I better go look for an open window." Right. Dude, you're 6 five you are 300 pounds you can you can make a window you can make a door oh but luckily there's one open one open with all these bottles and like hair products just still on there so not only is he huge he's also nimble nimble is the word (laughs) i knew you were gonna say that he is incredibly (laughs) nimble uh Poor Brie. Uh, I think she was sweet the whole time and obviously is a very good looking woman who had that like uh, stupendous sex scene. Um, stupendous. But uh, she's one of the ones I think that uh, gets killed in the most uh, cool as far as like stylized shot way the way they shot Jason. Uh, she goes up into the into the bathroom and she you know does a whole thing where oh he must be behind the shower curtain. Why she's looking for him? Don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she's actually looking for him. I think she's just like looking like for you know the others or or Chewy or something. Uh, or, yeah. I don't think she's looking for Jason. But in any case, she pulls the the shower curtain to the side and he's behind her and he pretty much Jason grabs her, puts his hand around her mouth and they do this shot where she's struggling and she's trying to scream, but he's obviously, you know, he's got his hand around her mouth and it's this shot of just his one eye kind of like gleaming through, like I'm in here now and what are you all going to do? And everything's cool and it looks awesome. And I'm like, Oh, he's going to snap her neck. Oh, he's going to rip it off. Oh, he's going to do something. No. What does he do? He finds the most, bullshit of a wall mount that I have ever seen in my life. Folks, I grew up in Texas. I grew up on a ranch. I was a hunter and I see a four point deer mount on the wall. Who does that? The audacity. What a waste of money to mount a four pointer. But that's probably what Jason thought. He's like, uh, I'm a hunter that's bullshit. I'm going to go ahead and just uh, do away with that. And poor Brie, he uses that to throw, uh, to impale her and uh, kill her. Um, Very cool uh, scene right after this, because the uh, police essentially get there and they knock on the front door and you think they're going to save the day. And Jason just basically Batman's uh, behind this dude jumps from the top and uh, stabs the police officer through the head, through the wall that a bit of goo and guck and gore are on the, I think it's like a, a fire poker. Yeah, I think so. So we're pretty much getting to the end, folks. The chase uh, is on. Yeah, yeah. The chase is on. He's killing everybody. He has killed everyone. We're basically down to, if you count Whitney, who's still in the lair, four survivors. Yeah. So we have Clay, Whitney, Jenna, and Trent, who at this point, you really do hate Trent. He hasn't been doing anything that is redeemable. He's been kind of like an asshole and not helping the group. He's pretty much self-serving. So he's trying to get away from Jason. But the funniest part and why I think that this character ultimately redeems himself as like, 
a important piece of the movie when Bree gets thrown from the second floor onto the cop car. Trent screams yeah, so high pitched that I remember being in the theater and he made the entire place pop. Like yeah. they laughed so much. And then, you know, eventually he's going to uh, try and flag down somebody on the road. And it's a tow truck guy. And you think uh, there's something not right here. And he's slowly approaching the tow truck guy because he's, you know, he's suspicious of what's going on. And because he's taking so much time, Jason is able to catch up to him, kill him so violently. Mm. He rams the machete through him and then basically tries to uh, guillotine. No, not guillotine, but like split him in half. Mm-hmm. So it's through his chest. And Jason is trying to pull it up through uh, and then essentially he's like, all right, well, I guess this is as much as I'm going to do. I'm going to throw him on this tow truck that has this, like, you know, the spikes that are in the back. Yep. And that tow truck just drives off with Trent being drugged behind. What a cool shot, though. Yeah. I, as far I like as that's this. concerned. I like that kill. Uh, it's a fun one. It's dark. It's scary. And again, a creative Jason, a hunter Jason, a new version of Jason makes the movie enough worthwhile that i'll watch it every once in a while but yeah me too uh now like the funnest thing to go back to yeah but let's just let's just you know kind of uh walk through the, the the very end you now just have clay and jenna who have you know developed this relationship with each other and they're eventually you know eventually just going to get to the end and uh hopefully clay is going to find whitney he eventually does and you think oh yay all three of them are going to survive they're going to make it and what is so out of left field for me is that he finds Whitney and it's awesome because he's like, I've been looking for you for so long. And Jenna, Danielle Panabaker just gets killed. Mm-hmm. It was such a, to the audience, like, Oh, you thought she was going to live, huh? But <laughs> I always remember the scene because Jason is chasing him. He kills uh, Jenna. And it's at a moment where Clay's like, Oh shit. I, I, like you in a way because we've been like bonding (laughs) but whitney who has been held captive has now got her brother she's basically pulling on him like "Uh uh-uh like i don't care i don't know who she is i don't care who she is let's get the fuck going okay say goodbye let's go i've been held by this dude for so long and yeah it's like uh it's it's a funny moment because you could have can you imagine what jenna felt in that moment yeah but what Whitney felt like we well, said what both of them did well, maybe six like, weeks you've been terrorized by this dude in a ma- in two different masks yeah. and he's been you know holding you captive and he's got some weird psychological thing for you and I mean, your brother yeah. of all fucking people has come to find you and yep. get you like get the fuck out of there yep it's a lot like um what uh, House of Thousand Corpses you know like Whew. getting out of this nightmare finally and running out of there like you're gonna do everything you can to scratch claw I know I just out. I, I see that I hold I, I like I uh, I could see that sort of like uh, mindset for Whitney, but for Jenna, she's not she's not killed instantly. It's basically just like a stab through the chest, and she's like having to wrestle with the idea like, oh shit, you're gonna leave me, and I'm gonna die right here. And I thought, I mean, obviously she, she knows that he's been looking for her his sister, but anyway, anyway. Uh, Fast forward, we're pretty much at the end. It is now only two survivors, which is Whitney and Clay, the brother and sister, who uh, are going to try their hardest to survive Jason chasing after them. Coincidentally, thank God it starts raining (laughs) and uh, they find themselves back in the shed with Return of the Woodchipper. 
it is the wood chipper is there very prominently displayed i knew it was going to come into play here now at the end and boy does it because with the powers combined of the millers clay and whitney we get a barrage lance a barrage of ending moments of previous fridays mm-hmm. we've get yeah. the um Ginny, sort of like uh, manipulating jason Ginny. uh by acting like uh, the mother. So she basically, Whitney basically holds up the, the locket in front of Jason is like, Jason, Hey, I'm me mother. And then (laughs) I'm me, Uh, Amy, bad gorilla, bad gorilla, go away. Sorry. That's from Congo. Anyway, it is from Congo, (laughs) (laughs) which is also a horror movie. If I'm going to be honest with you, (laughs) the great gorilla. Anyway. So, uh, then another homage to I believe it's Friday three where they hang yeah they hang uh, Jason gets oh yeah but yeah and then pulls, oh, the only thing I was waiting for is for him to pull off the mask and be like <laughs> it's me <laughs> but they uh, they they wrap a chain around him they throw the chain into the wood chipper that is pulling him in and he's fighting it it's so like oh shit Jason's gonna be able to survive this uh, but the but last not superhuman Jason so he can't right. quite fight out of it right and the last thing Whitney finally you know has a moment where she is going to get her. Her come up, uh, Jason's gonna get his come up, and right. She's gonna get her uh, revenge, and the crowd is all ready for Jason to finally get stabbed and killed. And the one thing Whitney says is, "Jason, say hi to mommy." And everyone goes, "Yay!" And then her line goes, "In hell," and the whole audience goes, "Ah, oh, shit. you just had to mention hell in this franchise. You didn't fucking you? ruined it." It's like one of, it's that meme where the guy's like, ha ha. And then they finish the line. He's like, oh, dang, I don't oh, like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the movie pretty much ends, folks. It's uh, it's doing this Halloween-esque thing where it's going to all places where Jason was and, and had kills, kind of like they do at the end of Halloween. And I'm like, well, if you were going to uh, double down on the idea that this franchise only exists because you copied Halloween, you might as well do it in the remake, too. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. I don't know. I don't understand it. I mean, because it doesn't really serve a purpose. Like, none of these locations actually stuck with me. You know what I mean? Like it did in Halloween. It made sense in Halloween. He's like, oh, yeah, like that's where it all happened. Like that spot, that spot. Then you show us the ones on Friday the 13th. Like, oh, okay. That's scenic. Jason's bed apparently is still yeah, intact. I'm, so I'm glad that they got him a bed that said Jason on it. Just so we know. Pre- they, we know and that he knows because every night he's probably like, I don't know where my bed is. That's it. Yeah. Why is everything so decrepit at this camp, by the way? Like, I mean, you know, it is what I mean. I, I'm sure there's some good fishing at that on that dock on that lake. Uh, but yeah, um, the one last homage, which I think is so stupid. You fought so hard to get away from this dude who was terrorizing you, you as Whitney and then brother Clay, but you found the time to wrap him in burlap and throw him in the lake to water bury him. The fuck are you doing? No, nope. leave, just leave. But what you set yourself up for the last homage. The one thing that you have to have Jason exploding from the lake and grabbing Whitney a la grabbing Alice in the original Friday 13th fade to black. That is the movie. So once again, is this a dream sequence or is this a real sequence? The reason I ask is because when they throw the mask separate from Jason's body, there is obviously cut off the mask. So it can't be on his face. It can't fit perfectly on his face. When he jumps through the deck, 
blasts off and grabs her. The mask is on. It is intact. Intact. So is this a dream sequence? Well, like, is that the throwback? Is like, oh, you decide. Well, if he can teleport onto the roof, he could also <laughs> grab the mask right before he uh, I comes up from the water. I see. Because they're both on the ground with on the lake floor. But I want to believe it's a dream. I believe the first one was a dream. I like that this one should be a dream. Uh, I, I've just always like liked that. Because if you look at Friday the 13th, 1980, for what it was and how it ended and, you know, the last thing you saw, that should be it. You know, it's a dream. There was no way Jason would be in the water. And it's just a one final scare. And it's left up to you. It's like, no, of course, that didn't happen. Um, but this one, who knows? Who knows? Uh, all the elements were still there. <sighs> Nothing that stuck in this movie was ever able to get anyone too excited to create more. Um, they would have if they wanted to, but this is it. This is where we end the Friday the 13th franchise as of now. As of now. Uh, fun fact, Scout Taylor Compton actually auditioned for Jenna, and this came out after Halloween 2007, so just keep that in mind. She was almost the remake horror queen. Um, wow. Tommy Jarvis was also supposed to be a part of this. His original concept didn't work out for us, unfortunately. I would have loved for Corey Feldman to just make a cameo as Tommy Jarvis and be like, "What's going on here?" You know, I, I don't know why that's the line that he says. I think that's from the Lost Boys, honestly. At the end, when he's trying to like, oh yeah, the Paris. What's going on here? There's vampires. You know, he just like maybe he's the tow truck driver, but then like, ah, uh, whatever. Uh, uh, it would have been cool if he was the police officer. Anything, anything. But like, I still think me in my heart of hearts, because I've always been a Corey Feldman fan, uh, even with his weird music and everything that he's doing right now, I have always been a Corey Feldman as Tommy Jarvis fan. So I would love it. Absolutely love it. Lance, if they made a whatever they do from here on out, if there is some way to incorporate our my boy, Corey Feldman as Tommy Jarvis. That would be amazing. Um, we are done with the franchise, but I think we'll have a little bit more to say about it. Join us on our next episode, Happy Hour of Horror, where mm -hmm. we're going to dive into the whole franchise, the future of the franchise, and our take on where things should go. Um, Danny, how many uh, machetes do you give Friday the 13th, 2009? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just not overthink this one again uh, and just give it two machetes. Okay. Um, yikes. I'll give it like a 2.5. Again, it's like in another tier of like, it's a decent horror film, but it's nothing fun. It's nothing amazing. It doesn't set a new bar for Friday the 13th or Jason. So cool new Jason, though. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then uh, that's going to be all. So until next time, that's Danny. I'm Lance reminding you to lock your doors, bolt your windows, and come that close to hitting the start button on the whoop-ass machine, boy. And join us next time in our slasher's paradise. Stupendous. <laughs> hey, did you hear anything you like? 
Thanks for listening to Slasher's Paradise tonight. Did you know that you can watch our podcast? Where? YouTube.com. If you go to YouTube.com, look up Slasher's Paradise, you'll find the Dead Candy page. And there you can see all of our podcasts, as well as a few shorts that Danny and I have put out. While you're there, please subscribe. And while you are listening here, go ahead and find yourself that rate and review button. Five stars is what we would love for you guys to give us. And you know what? If you can't think of anything to say in the review, why don't you go ahead and put some recommendations and or requests of horror movies that you would love for us to talk about. If you'd like to find out more information about Slasher's Paradise or Dead Candy, the producer of our show, you can head over to facebook.com slash Fix. That's D-E-D, Candy Fix. Here's to you guys. This is Slasher's Paradise. Sorry, I had to work that in. And I'm going to drink on that.